Done all for it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. I'm Gav. Oh, shit. Hang on, what do I say at the beginning? I can't remember. I'm Gav. And then we say our names. I know, I know. But then... <laughs> <laughs> that's you not... You don't have to do that. an expert, that's all. I'm not having that. That's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> everyone and welcome to another edition of films on trial this week it's vice i'm gav i'm alex i'm joel i'm dave and i'm austin and just like vice we're the greatest untold story that changed the course of history i'm sorry guys that one doesn't work definitely I, i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> one day it might <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might it might though yeah anyway uh, if you've never heard this show before then hold on to your hat because we're about to turn this amp all the way up to 11 essentially we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. But there's a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans, including a caption contest, a quiz, some questionable impressions, some subpar xylophone playing, some silly sound effects, and a lot of banter. So this week's film on trial, as I said before, is Vice. <laughs> and that's actual that's, footage of Dick Cheney <laughs> Uh, just to say that this will be a very spoilerific episode, so if you haven't seen it yet, it is still out at the cinemas, so you can either listen to this after you've watched it, or you can just trust our judgments. Alternatively, you can fast forward to our quiz, this week brought to us by the lovely Dave, which we will highlight in the comments section below. Now, before we go on to the actual trial, our last film on trial was Bottle Rocket. I judged that trial and decided that it should be placed on the hit list. I've since gone away and watched the film. So did I make the right call? Well, when we put it to the vote on Twitter asking for opinions, it it was the closest we've ever had with 52% believing that it should be placed on the hit list. Now, watching it, I I tried to put my bias of of Wes Anderson to one side and I think it worked a bit. It didn't annoy me as much as I thought it was going to. And I was quite invested in the actual story. I quite like the performances, even though the Wilson brothers were grating on me a little bit. Um, <laughs> but you could tell it was a Wes Anderson, an early Wes Anderson. There were still like kind of hints of what Wes Anderson would go on to do, but it wasn't like full-blown Wes Anderson. So I think I made the right choice, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah. But I, I can see, I can see where the uh, where the Twitter responses coming from. It is very sort of you, you know, in the middle. Mm. it's not like that kind of yeah that's a great film or that's a horrible film there's a lot of people saying oh yeah it's all right it's a, it's a little bit like you know uh before a serial killer kind of fully becomes a serial killer <laughs> <laughs> that's always Anderson. and you find his notepad full of like just weird shit that's what that's what bottle rock is. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay moving on <laughs> Before we go on to the actual trial, I think it's time for a little bit of news. What the hell was that? that? It was supposed to be cold as ice by foreigner, but um, <laughs> fuck that up royally. I, I, I just thought once again, just then, like, oh god, I haven't got a, I haven't got a song ready for this. So but I um, know what comes straight to my head is cold as ice by foreigner. Cold as ice because you know it rhymes with vice. Dick Cheney's got a heart made of ice, and it's by a band called Foreigner. And Dick Cheney, you know, probably doesn't like foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> Can we say that? We might have to edit that bit out. <laughs> I think we can say it. He's not going to listen. <laughs> anyway. you, said, you said probably, so you can yeah. so. Okay, there probably. We go. There we go. Um, it's so. pretty much what they do in the film, so. <laughs> 
So, uh, so talking first, there was a, a bit of a teaser released last week. It was a very, very small snippet of a scene on Jeff Bridges' Twitter page, which hinted at the possible return of one of his most iconic characters, the dude. Now, the only thing that the, the trailer revealed was a date which is sometime in early March. Second of March. Second of March, there we go. That is early March, well done. Uh, now, <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you were very sort of intrigued by, by that trailer, weren't you? Uh, not intrigued, I'm just praying that they don't make Big Lebowski 2, if that's what they're going to do. So what do you think that it could hint at? I don't know, maybe some sort of collaboration, maybe some sort of short, or I don't know, I don't know. maybe the dude's going to be in another film or something like that. I'm really hope i don't what, think there's what any other film reason could the dude be in i don't know other than big I'm, just lebowski try, I'm trying too. to literally think of anything else that would be big lebowski too so what if he was in uh, avengers 4 uh, they'd be better than big lebowski too because yeah, that when happy. that would be the greatest crossover event <laughs> he, he was before. already in iron man <laughs> i was gonna say jeff bridges has That's already true. got a marvel oh, character he's already so. been there uh, but yeah uh, what uh, if uh, his uh, marvel uh, character comes back just in that cardigan <laughs> yeah, you got it, mate. Just drinking a white Russian as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, the, the film was done. It was a great. Just all the story was done in it. I don't think anyone had any questions at the end of a Big Lebowski about it. And also, the Coen brothers were on top form when they made the Big Lebowski. I don't think they've been good for a really long time. Maybe like, that's not why as good. Back, anyway, maybe. What? I, 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 as you said. I mean, but there is a bit of a trend at the moment of bringing back long since thought dead franchises. Yeah, which I, I hate that trend to be honest. But, I mean, it's it's been done to varying success. I mean, look at look at Star Wars. You know, the first couple of the new trilogy. Well, I would say uh, no, maybe not. I would say, <laughs> yeah. here. But you know, Force Awakens was massively successful. Mm. Even Rogue One. Yeah, but Solo was amazing. Yeah, but there's a Star, <laughs> Star Wars and the Big Lebowski are very different things. What about Mary Poppins then, or mm. Indiana Jones, or very or different things? They're all sort of franchises. Yeah. Big Lebowski was well, one story. Mary, Mary Poppins is never a franchise. Okay, no, Mary Mary Poppins, I'll give you, but that's a kids' film. I don't. And know. she's an eccentric old lady you know but it's kind of like a crossover so, as well. it is <laughs> like so, yeah. Russians yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. she probably has a little super kind of so would you, would you go and see Big Lebowski 2 would you be excited about it no probably not no mm. <laughs> but, but, but then again <laughs> go and see the first one I'm not going to go and watch <laughs> <laughs> would it actually be Big Lebowski? Bearing in mind that the, I mean, the date is incredibly close. It's like what the second of March, as you just said. That's mm. only just over a month away. And also, I, I mean, you'd think that they would have heard of, we'd have all heard something, some rumblings. You know, they, they couldn't have kept something like this as big as this a secret for that long, unless Netflix are going to drop it at the Super Bowl. Ooh, that is a shout. But then again, when when is the um, the Super Bowl? No, end no, of February. It's a few no, weeks in, before, isn't, isn't it? It's in early February, isn't it? Oh, it could be end of early February. Yeah, uh, early so February. So probably yeah, not. maybe not. Maybe not. But you never know. Never know. Oh well, well, well. We'll all wait in anticipation. I'm sure this will reappear in the news sometime in the future. So moving on, um, talking about things that you'd long since thought dead, but are actually getting a bit of a revival. There's been news this week that there, there's been some casting announcements made for the Sopranos movie and also the Breaking Bad movie. So it's been confirmed that James Gandolfini's son is going to play a young Tony Soprano in the Sopranos film. And it's also been confirmed that Brian Cranston and Jonathan Banks will be returning for the Breaking Bad movie, which has already been confirmed as a sequel. So there's a big question mark there as to what their roles are going to be, whether they're going to appear in flashbacks or there's going to be a prequel element, or even if Walter White was actually really dead at the end of Breaking Bad or not. He was, wasn't he? Was oh, he not? I don't know. Was, was there a question about that? 
Not in my mind. No, <laughs> suddenly. I, I, th- I think this he was is, this shot is, a lot, wasn't he? Yeah, there's a few people. Well, he was shot once, wasn't he? In, in the sort oh. of looked in the in the kidney. That's so. enough. Yeah. That's enough. <laughs> but there, there has been a kind of question, like a rumbling, that maybe Walter White has been alive all this time and he's been in prison and you know. Maybe but, he was chopped in half and he's come back with eight legs on the <laughs> Just like Wild Wild West, maybe yeah, yeah. he's got spider <laughs> I, legs. I thought it was a solo <laughs> reference. <isn't it>? <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Uh, so, um, so Joel, uh, you're a big fan of Breaking Bad's and Alex. Once again, you're a big fan of The Sopranos. What do you think about these films? Do you think it's sort of, you know, they, they were done with the TV shows. Do we need the films or are you excited to see them? Um, <clears throat> well, TV, TV movies for me just kind of feel like a, you know, a special episode, like one and a half hours or something like that. But it seems to be the cool thing now to call them TV movies. Um, but in terms of Breaking Bad, I think a really cool thing that they could do is, I think they tied up all the loose ends, but one thing which... I know I wondered about is kind of what happened to Jesse because like, you know, mentally he was really kind of living on the edge for the kind of like the last season or two. And obviously kind of like the uh, police side, whether we ever get to kind of find out. So I think that might be like a interesting avenue to explore. I don't really think they should go into the whole, you know, he kind of carries on making meth type of thing. I think they should just kind of maybe explore that character. And it's confirmed that, I can't remember the actress's name is... Kristen Ritter. Ritter. Yeah, so so his girlfriend from season two, she is going to be in it as well. So, you know, that could be, uh, you know, potentially something that, that happens, especially if she's in it, because I can't really see any other reason for her to be there other well, than some type of Jesse flashback. Well, some fans have speculated that maybe the story might be around him trying to find redemption and trying to become a better person and visiting her son. So maybe, as you said, she might appear in like flashback form. Yeah, I think I think that'll be a good way to take it. I, I hope they do stay away from the kind of crime part of it and just kind of move move on with it. But we'll see. Uh, but the Sopranos, I know uh, Alex may not uh, agree with me, but I I think it'll be quite good. You know, I think um, using James Gandolfini's son as well is is a cool little you know cool little thing to to be able to do. Yeah, Alex, I, I do agree with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm well up for it. Um, mainly because David Chase is doing it, so he's the one who created the series in the first place. And if he's decided to do it, then I think he probably... I don't think he'd do it just because he wants mm-hmm. money or because he just wants to be back in... I think he'd do it because he had a good story. So I'm like, no, yeah. I've, got, I've got a good feeling about Bear it. Bear in mind as well, it is a prequel, so it's set like so many years before as well. Yeah. So there are Surprise many... itself did quite a lot of its own prequel throughout this show as well, yeah. so it's quite a lot to talk about. Uh, exactly maybe there's a sort of like Godfather feel to it you know with the Godfather 2 they went back to um, Marlon I can't remember the Don Corleone's youth and essentially it'll be elements of that and the sort of like old school uh, New Jersey gangster style that maybe we haven't seen a lot in films um, so yeah well thank you very much for that guys um, Dave mm-hmm. so the Oscar nominations have dropped this week is there mm-hmm. anything you'd like to say about that uh, yeah, it's a pretty interesting one. I think uh, given the film we're doing tonight, Vice, this is uh, that got quite a few nominations. There's some interesting ones in there. The, most of it played out pretty much as we expected it to. But there's a couple of interesting ones. Like I say uh, Black Panther getting nominated for Best Picture. That's quite exciting. I know yeah. we've talked a lot about Marvel on the podcast before. Um, and I think come awards night, I think we talked a little bit or we we mooted the idea of maybe doing our, our own list of who we think is going to win. Uh, which will probably come out at a later date. We may be doing um, an episode exclusively on the Oscars, so stay tuned for that. And uh, we'll go through what we uh, what we think is going to happen on the night itself. Sounds good. Sounds good with me. Thank you very much, Dave. Okay, quickly, very quickly, one word about how you guys feel about Christopher McQuarrie 
returning for the next two Mission Impossible films. He's signed on for them. He's going to direct them back to back. They're going to come out in 2020 and 2021. Dave, what do you think? Um, I've not seen any Mission Impossible films since three, so I'm going to say apathetic right now. (laughs) One word. One word. Tumescent. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm going to say um, boner jams. (laughs) Is that a hyphen? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's good. Austin? Who? Oh, it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> Thank yeah, you very much. You What's Mission it? Impossible? I, yeah. <laughs> I, I am feeling excited. I think the Mission Impossible films, unlike the James Bond films, have uh, they've kept the same formula, similar to the James Bond films, but they've just been getting better and better. Whereas, they haven't taken themselves seriously like the James Bond films. Maybe. No, yeah, the James Bond films have, have kind of taken a little bit more of a serious vibe, whereas Mission Impossible has sort of embraced the silliness of it, you know, like the, the face-swapping technology and, you know, all the little gadgets that they do. And... I think that that's good. I think why try and hide from, you know, what the, essentially the film series or the TV series was set up to do in the first place. So yeah, I'm excited anyway. But anyway, thank you very much for that, guys. That was very, very interesting chat. Uh, but moving on to um, Alex's film feels. Is that a pig? <laughs> uh, it was a rubber chicken oh, you've done that one before hey, you idiot <laughs> uh, Vice got a lot of portrayals of some pretty significant political characters so think about the US president any stick out for you in films like who's who do you think has done the best job at portraying a president fictional made up or actual president you can do either um, it was. I think I know yours. Is what? it um, John Travolta in Primary Colors? It is John Travolta in Primary Colors. <laughs> he was fantastic, and I thought it was done quite subtle in that film. The way he sort of like alludes to it being Clinton, <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's enough to make you think it's not Clinton. It was very, very subtly done. Yeah, mm. not really. Uh, for me, it's Hopkins in Nixon. Oh, just, yeah. just outstanding. Considering he doesn't look anything like him, and it only takes you about three minutes until you don't care about that anymore. So yeah, an amazing performance. Okay. Um, what about Bill Pullman in Independence Day? <laughs> I like it. I was, I was considering Bill Pullman. Uh, can you give me some reasons? Um, uh, you just... Saved the goddamn planet. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <not for a reason. laughs> he didn't take no shit. Um, yeah, what about um, Kevin Klein in the film Dave? Yeah, also I like him in that. He yeah. plays yeah. two presidents. Can, now, can you tell me any actor who's played two presidents in one film before? In, in one foot now. There you go. No. Hey, <laughs> so, so that, that that should be an accolade in itself, surely. <laughs> what about um, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter? <laughs> <laughs> or what about um, what's his face, Daniel Day Lewis as Lincoln? That yeah, was a good one. I was, I was considering that. But I'll probably go with Frank Langella, another Nixon oh, portrait Nixon. for Frost Nixon. That was, was good. again looks nothing like Nixon whatsoever, but it, it was fantastic performance. All right. Well, thank you very much, Alex. Once again, you're welcome. Delightful uh, film feel. No, I know. <laughs> Ooh, la, la. Oh, that was a nice one. <laughs> <laughs> so on to the bulk of the show. So as we mentioned before, this week's film on trial is Vice. And it, come on, I'm trying to be impartial here. And it hasn't been picked out of the hand at random, but it has been chosen by all of us here at Films on Trial as we desperately try to stay relevant. However, all of the roles have been picked at random. So in the role of defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be Alex. Alex is a little bit like Dick Cheney. Whenever anybody mentions his name, you automatically think of a penis. <laughs> And he's bald. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and in prosecution. I bet you wrote that down and had pause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, no comment. Uh, and in prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list is me. I'm a bit like George W. Bush. Some people think I'm an idiot, but I'm much, much worse than that. So, just like real court advocates... He always gets off quite easily, doesn't he? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's lot, lot, I feel I still like mine's the worst. Maybe I've just been paranoid. I just think it's because you're a little bit of an easy target. I'm sorry, mate. Um, just, just like real court advocates, Alex and I will be making the best case for our roles. These may or may not be our real opinions, however, so do stay tuned till the end of the episode to hear our genuine thoughts. Now, in the roles of character witnesses and lending their genuine opinions to the arguments are Ozzy and Dave. Uh, as the character witnesses, Ozzy and Dave will be just like Fox News, giving their completely genuine and unbiased opinion <laughs> with no ulterior motive, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Which means this week, Joel has the most important role, as he will be playing the judge. Now, Joel's a little bit like Donald Rumsfeld. He keeps on succeeding, despite the fact that everyone seemingly dislikes him. It, right, that's it. Brucey, you, you, you win. Let's end the episode there. <laughs> now, Joel must decide which list this film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion. Now, before we get started, I think we should give the listeners a bit of a better idea as to what this film is about and spin the wheel of impressions. So here we read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from this week. And this week it has landed on Alex. Mm. So so come on, guys. Who should Alex be reading the synopsis out as this it's week? It's got to be. We've already done like a regular Christian Bale, haven't we, at some point? Maybe, can you do Cheney? Do Christian Bale doing Cheney? Yeah. Can you okay. Uh, I think so. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> I love the face of it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the story. Hang on. Oh, no. Maybe I can't do Cheney. <laughs> The story of Dick Cheney, an assuming bureaucratic Washington insider who quietly wielded immense power as the uh, vice president to George W. Bush, reshaping the country and the globe in ways that we still feel today. That was very, very, very good. That's pretty good. Yeah, congratulations, mate, yeah. No, Paul, thanks. You do, you do a great Dick Cheney impression. Yeah. I've always wanted to know. I stand <laughs> by my comments. Parties, <laughs> I stand by my comments earlier, liking you to Dick Cheney. Then. <laughs> anyway, uh, allow Joel to uh, please kick off proceedings. I'll kick off big time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Gav, you've got a big mouth, so you can go first. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Okay, so um, Adam McKay was well known for his slew of hit comedies co-written with Will Ferrell in the noughties and uh, 2010s, including Anchorman and Step Brothers. His move to serious dramas was met with scepticism, but 2015's The Big Short was a massive success and earned the writer-director many plaudits. In The Big Short, McKay shattered the fourth wall countless times, including straight-to-camera explanations of complicated subject matters, such as subprime mortgages. Now, that tactic was incredibly well-received at the time, but McKay uses the same tactics here to much lesser impact. The film strives to be some sort of oracle, imparting knowledge on its audience through cutscenes and direct-to-camera pieces that, similarly to The Big Short, break down information for its audience to digest. However, this time around, the information being broken down is more common knowledge, and the tactic is used again and again and again, and it begins to just feel forced and condescending instead of natural and helpful in the previous film. Now, every dramatic scene is broken up by unabashed symbolism, the tedious effect 
Describing Cheney's power plays as a teetering stack of teacups and saucers is one thing, but then to repeatedly show said tower wavering and ultimately crashing takes away all symbolic impact. Either mention it once or show it, but don't do both countless times. It just lessens the effect. This happens time and time and time again with repeated callbacks to fishing every time we see um, Cheney being very scheming. I mean, okay, we get it. Cheney is a fisherman and he's hooking in these rubes. You don't need to keep on selling us this repeated symbolism. Also, we get dramatic snapshots of real life peppered throughout the film, which by themselves I think would be really impactful, showing the real life consequences of the actions of this film, reminding audiences that although you're watching a film, this really happened or is happening to this day. Spike Lee used something very similar at the end of Black Landsman to great effect, reminding audiences of the real life violence depicted in the film. McKay instead scatters these images in amongst dramatic scenes within the movie and mixes them with bizarre gifs and memes and footage of pop culture culture references from Mr. T to Survivor to recreated shots of real life events using actors. This once again, for me, lessens the impact and at times gives a probably unwanted comedic feel to these moments. Now, speaking of comedic moments, the comedy almost seems just a bit too try hard. Like it's striving to be a cut above the rest, but it just seems really out of place amongst the serious undertone. It's it's almost like the jokes from an episode of Frasier were suddenly delivered in an episode of Two and a Half Men. There's just no natural comedy, and instead everything just feels really forced. Like there's this Shakespearean soliloquy uh, that's used to ex- exaggeratingly assume how the Cheney's schemed behind closed doors. It's not funny. It's like somebody's interpretation of comedy instead of an actual comedic moment. But my biggest issue with this film is the almost accusatory message that lurks underneath the surface like a fish ready to be hooked in by Cheney. See what I did there? That's for this, by the way. Um, You've used it once. Don't use it again, man. <laughs> so it's not so subtle. It not so subtly infers that the political landscape of America at this moment in time is a direct consequence of its audience's ignorant voting history. I know that America has taken a massive step backwards in the prevention and treatment of global warming, but there's no need to point a finger at the audience and say, some of you caused this. As if it wasn't subtle enough throughout the film, Cheney's last line of dialogue is a direct-to-camera insult that everything you have just watched and everything that he did was because you voted for him. So it's all your fault, essentially. Then following that, there's this truly bizarre focus group scene in which stereotypes of a Trump supporter and that of a liberal get into the blame game before having a fight whilst a stereotype of a millennial who's also a woman to boot looks on and says oh i can't wait for the new fast and furious film and as if to say it's not just the voters fault for all this but it's also equally the uh, the fault of those who purposely or unintentionally were oblivious to it as well and you know they should be doing more which is absolutely fine to say people are entitled to their opinions but the sledgehammer approach in which this is delivered throughout the film just feels very forced and tacky okay um Mm. Over to you, Alex. All right. Um, okay, there's just a few things there that I disagree with on Gav. Like, I, I, I'd sort of agree with him on a, f- a couple of points, but to be honest, I think he's overselling it, and I think he's sort of going past a lot of what this film has to offer, which is really, really good. Um, you know, Gav was saying that like some of these things, when they're explaining things, are common knowledge. I don't think they're common knowledge. And yeah, maybe sometimes, you know, for people who might know a little bit more about it, yeah, it's explaining things that you already know. But I don't think, I think the vast amount of people would not know what the unitary executive powers of the presidents were. I don't think they'd actually really know what the 
the boundaries of presidential power is and what Cheney was trying to do. So I think actually the war powers as well, and they try and explain that in the menu bit where Alfred Molina's there. You know, these things are quite complicated and you can't just put them into a story. So I think they're using it in, Adam McKay's using it in the same way he does in Big Short when he's trying to explain the subprime mortgage bubble. He just tries to put it in very quickly. He tries to put it in a little bit, um, you know, and I know what Gav meant, you know, maybe the comedy sometimes sort of doesn't under underlies the actual like the, the real significance when they're doing a joke about the war powers and something like that yeah you sort of think this is a bit flippant considering actually but no in a way i think the film needed to do it because if it was all constantly dark about these things i think it would actually be a bit preachy and i think it would have been you wouldn't have listened as much i think they sort of do they throw in a little bit of humor in this film but they don't there's no way that you do that you think oh they're not taking these issues seriously this film takes the issues that are central to it extremely seriously you know the the symbolism there is a lot of symbolism in it like gav said and the bit with the fish i did have a couple of moments when i was like oh the fish again but like it wasn't as much as gav was saying and the bit the scene where he's getting bush you know when he's basically reeling bush in. when he's getting bush <laughs> oh, uh, we missed that bit uh, out. I, I think i've just won <laughs> <laughs> the only thing Joel's written down this entire episode. <laughs> so I think like the symbolism uh, behind that, I just think it's done really well. Maybe a little over, you know, it was, I'm not saying this is a perfect, but it's still very interesting. There's things this film does that I just haven't seen in any other film. The big short, you know, aside, there's some really interesting bits. The bit in middle, middle way through the film when the cat, when the credits just start coming up, <laughs> you know, that's really interesting. I'm not, I'm not to be honest saying that every single part of that works right, but it's very innovative and you totally, you're watching a different type of film when you're watching Vice. This isn't your standard, I really like Dubia by Oliver Stone, but this is a totally different way of telling that story. And I thought it was fascinating, to be honest. You know, the Gav said he didn't like the, the, the images. I think those images, they're not just random images of GIFs and memes. They are put in extremely, they are well thought out, the, the reason they are there. Even if you don't agree with them. I, the biggest thing I liked about this film was you had the conversations in the halls of power in the White House, and that was juxtaposed with the violence that was a direct consequence of those discussions and decisions that were made in the White House. So you see, right from the word go, and it, it does shock you the way the images have come out. Right from the word go, you see them talking about it, and then, boom, you see a carpet bombing of a village. You know, Nixon is talking to Kissinger about um, bombing Cambodia, and you see it happen. So it, it does, I think what the film does, which is very rare in a lot of films about presidential power is it directly shows you the cause and effect of decisions that are made in the white house which i hadn't seen before and i, I felt was pretty new for me um you know the reason they got those pop culture in it's trying to create that time and that time it was an odd time to grow up in for us and it must have been an odd time to be in because that is what was happening you had all this pop culture and then you know when he, when showing those pop culture things it's because that's almost what the news was like you were watching pop culture you'd watch survivor you'd watch you know great british bake-off whatever you're watching at the time and then boom the news you'd see these terrible images coming you'd find out about the torch you'd find out about all of these horrible things so i i think it sort of did evoke that time really really well um so I just, I, I thought this film was in, dealt with some very complex issues. I thought it wasn't preachy, which I thought it very easily could have been. Shows the society at that time that was very, uh, really, really well. And it also shows the rise to power of Dick Cheney, which is what the film sets out to do. It show, wants to show his political career. And it does that very well. And it does it in a very stark and very, um, it doesn't hold anything back. You know, I mean, obviously the film is against Dick Cheney. I don't think there's any reading of the film that should, could say, 
But then again, I'm I'm not entirely sure if as many films you could do in support of Dick Cheney. To be honest. <laughs> I think it's just, and and it also says right at the beginning, it says, look, you know, it kind of holds its hand up at the beginning, which I really really liked. It's saying, look. We don't know, Dick Cheney's a very secretive person. We don't know that much about him. We, it actually says we did our fucking best, you know, and then the film continue, it starts, you know. And I just think the story itself, I thought it was fantastic. I, I sort of understand what Gav's saying, but I don't think it's enough to not put this film on the hit list. Okay, so as somebody who hasn't seen the film, there's a fair bit kind of going on here. So just a few questions for, for Dave and Alex. Um, so <coughs> one thing... Austin. Uh, sorry, Dave okay. Austin. Ask me if you want that. <laughs> Don't ask him. Um, so w- one thing I do want to know is, is the comedy kind of out of place and does the, oh, sorry, do the images that, that Gav talks about, like the kind of meme uh, type, giphy type images, do they kind of ruin the tone of the film and maybe upset the balance a little bit? I'm going to say yes. Yes, I think they do a little bit. I felt um, at times... Uh, the, the film was a little bit jarring, like because of the um, the change in tone throughout. Um, I don't mean it didn't necessarily. It just it did, it does take you out a little bit. It's a very hard watch, um, and I think part of that is because of the change in tone. It doesn't seem to know what it what it wants to be. I disagree. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it really helped tell the story. I, it, it structurally, it is a bit too fluid. You know, you jump back in time, you see Dick Cheney of the present, and then you see the consequence of what, something that happened to him thirty years ago and why it's affected his decision today. And it's good. That, you know, it's, it's a good technique. It is great to see that sort of thing. But it happens a lot. So structurally, it does flip back and forth quite quite a lot. But I don't think it, it impaired the film for me. I still I still enjoyed it. And it didn't take anything away. Um, and do you think it's preachy? Do you think like, you know, people will want to watch this film? Is it an, an entertaining watch or is it just for very kind of selective individuals who maybe have an interest in US politics? I I think it's, um, I think, yes, it's preachy, but I don't think it does it in a bad way. I think it's quite honest with what it says is that we are, it presents the truth as far as, as it is available. And it doesn't. It doesn't try to hide the fact that this is all of the facts that we know. And then there's a little bit of conversations which we've made up for dramatic effect. But it doesn't hide that at all. And I think it's quite entertaining in that sense. Yeah, it's it's a little patronising, I guess. It's very on the nose, like Alex was saying about the fish metaphor. It is used frequently. So yeah, a little patronising. But I think the message that it's sent out is so valid and needs to be heard. I wouldn't hesitate to recommend this film to anyone, whether they're interested maybe, in American politics or not. Yeah, but maybe only for one watch. Uh, I, I could watch it again, I think. Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. So, as well, as well, one thing that, that Gav was saying um, is that it, it kind of tries very hard and it, it points the finger at the audience as, as to almost uh, take responsibility and blame. Uh, for the situation, do you think like that's the case? Did you feel that when you were watching it? Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I thought it was a good thing. I didn't feel I didn't see that as a bad thing at all. I thought it was quite. Um, but but it, did you not think of it as a good thing because you know you're like-minded, as in like? Well, yeah, potentially. Um, it's you know it's it's you're calling like Austin and Dick like, Cheney the same <laughs> two peas in a pod. I'm, I'm saying that Austin is the type of person who wouldn't have voted for Dick Cheney. Yeah. But say it's it reminded me a lot of, of Brexit and what's going on at the moment over yeah. here. So the it, it seems to be that sort of. 
that look of if you voted leave. Oh, yeah, oh, you're, you're no, the problem. No, you're, I don't. I you're don't. this. No, I don't. And, and then that's the sort of tone I, I got from it. It was just like sort of like, well, all those people who voted for Bush, are you happy now? Sort of thing. It is. I see what you're both saying. I see it is a very liberal bias attached to this film. But I think the film itself acknowledges that and parodies it right at the end. You know, it's like a, in that, in the, um, the think tank, you were talking about the stereotypical Republican oh, voter. Yeah. And he's just like, you know, I've, I've found out, I've, I've thought of what it is. It, this whole film has a liberal bias. That's what's <laughs> been bugging me all this time. And they, they acknowledge it and they say, yeah. yeah, there is a liberal bias to it. But, you know, it, it, it's something that did need pointing out to people. You know, Dick Cheney was voted as vice president not once, but twice. Maybe it did need to be shown to people that, this, well, is, this what is what happens mm-hmm. if you don't use your vote carefully. And uh, I don't think it's just having a go at Republicans. I don't think this is a case of a, a film made by Democrats going like, yeah, you're a bunch of, you know, half a country, more than half a country's a bunch of idiots. I think it's more Adam McKay's having a go at the American political system generally. And I think obviously it's a left-leaning thing. But I don't think it's saying, oh, if you voted Republican and Bush, then you, it's your fault or something like that. I think it's saying it's a, it's a democracy. So yeah, technically the people are responsible for their own government. And so actually, yeah, they... They, they are. They, 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 it's not an emperor, is it? So I, I do think it's, it's very similar to... Like, it's interesting that you mentioned W before, because for me, that was like a film that dealt with very similar context, but it did it in a very sort of... Um, that gave you the evidence, the facts, the figures, and you had to come up with the decision yourself. And, you know, this film did have all the facts and figures and such, you know, and it, maybe it was just, you know, kind of thrown into your face. W threw it in your face. I mean, it's and, Oliver and, Stone. Uh, yeah, and w, 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 you know what I mean? Well, Oliver I Stone's going to throw it in your face. This, maybe not. So uh, here's a question for, for everybody. In, judging by kind of the landscape today that we've got both in America and over here, do you think that this film needed to be made and do you think that people will want to watch it? I think there's an argument that this film could have been made and you can draw comparisons to the Bush administration and the present administration. I also think this film needs to be made because, like Austin said, we don't know a great deal about Dick Cheney and I think his story did need to be told and I think it needed to be told now because I don't want to be too grim or anything but the man's not in the best have health and this film would be in poor taste if they made this after he's passed. Although I don't think the man will ever acknowledge it or even see this film, he doesn't seem the type. I think it needed to be made now so at least he has the opportunity to do so. Or it needs to be made now so people can call him a bastard to his face. And, before that, he dies. <laughs> and, that, and that too. I think but everyone if did you, that already. If it was, this film is essentially a character assassination. If you did this about anyone, you know, whether he's yeah, good yeah, or bad, yeah. I don't like Dick Cheney. But if you did this about anyone, it'd be like, oh, but the man died two years ago. Yeah, Could yeah, you yeah. not have done this so he had a chance to respond? There's a, there's a, also another thing is that his daughter, Liz, what you see at the end there, she is, um, yeah. she is now trying her best to become Trump's like right hand lady essentially so kind of uh, another good eye opener for- i think i think it's important as well because that that period of time massively changed the political you know not to get too into it but it made preemptive strikes against countries that's fine now that's that's now after after that that's what we can do now and it made um you know we don't listen to it you know countries don't have to listen to the un the un anymore american can just have sort of unilateral action and also it changed like you know the way the president's seen it increased his powers and the, the really big thing is, you know, I think there's one of the, is it, I can't remember, the, you who did the um, memos oh, yeah. in the film. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are still there for any president to use. Do you know what I mean? Which is terrifying when you think about the relevance now, when you think however you feel about Trump, I don't, I personally don't want Trump to have those sorts of powers. So I think it, it's, it's important today because it's not just a historical, oh yeah, this was really bad. 
this is something that's impacted directly on the world we live in now. And like the ISIS, everything about it, you know, it brings in all of those things. I'm not saying that the message is, is a bad one and one that shouldn't be told. It is one that should be told. I'm just questioning the way in which it was delivered. And you have just reminded me of something as well. We were talking about how it's got a liberal bias. There are plenty of points where it does seem to be aimed more at the political system than it is at the, at the uh, just the Republicans, because we had a Democrat in office for eight years, yeah. and those emails still weren't released. Exactly. And it does point that out, and it does... Yeah. You know, there's, there's footage of Hillary Clinton voting in favour of yeah. the bombing in Iraq. So, you know, it, it's all over the board. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on. Uh, Alex, do you want to go next... <laughs> I, I thought I did I love, I love the pause for effect I, I'm, not, I'm not so sure I'm not so sure <laughs> no it didn't, didn't work uh, right let's talk about casting characters um, this just Christian Bale I, I feel like I should talk for about an hour about Christian Bale he's just fantastic this could easily have turned into a bit of a, um, a caricature you know someone just doing an impersonation Christian Bale takes an impersonation of a character and just goes to a whole new level. I think his research for this role must have been absolutely insane. He seems to do every single part of it just is spellbinding. You, as soon as he's on the screen, you're just watching him because he's just brilliant. In all of his, you know, it, I know it shouldn't be, but, you know, the fact that he has actually kind of like, he's obviously clearly lost a lot of weight and then gained a lot of weight for this role. It does make it does make his performance, I think, better. Like, it really is fantastic. You just believe him. It's not... A case of, oh, that's Christian Bale in prosthetics. That looks like Christian Bale as Dick Cheney. It looks exactly like him. And, and, you, and I was kind of shocked after seeing this film. I then watched him get the Golden Globe and you watch what Christian Bale looks like now. It's like, fuck, that, that's just, he just looks totally different. But it goes far beyond just what he looks like. His whole impersonation, the way he talks, the way he sits at the table. It's all, if you ever watched Cheney, if you ever saw, like, you know, growing up, all of those things, it just looks exactly like him. He really gets the depth of the character. You don't get the sense as well, considering this film is basically an over-two-hour character assassination of Dick Cheney. Christian Bale really needed to make it... I mean, I think he's made his clear on Dick his feelings on Dick Cheney now. Do you know what I mean? He said he took inspiration from Satan to do the role. <laughs> but he does a very important thing is that he keeps the role, he keeps a little bit of um, balance in the role. So there is parts of Dick Cheney, not that you like, but do you know what I mean? He doesn't just play him as a hammy asshole throughout the entire film. You know, the, the, there are, it is an interesting thing to watch. It's just not two hours of, I'm a dick, I'm a dick, I'm a dick. It's It's a bit more than that. And Christian Bale brings that to the forefront and is just superb. I don't, I really don't see how anyone could say put a foot wrong in that, in that role. But, um, Amy Adams is amazing in this. Like he's absolutely, she's a brilliant in a lot of things, but she's fantastic in this. I really think it's interesting. And like I say, there's an awful lot in this film in the background. There didn't need to be a lot to Lynn Cheney's role. I don't think, but they add that into the film and they do it really well. So at the start, she's asking Dick Cheney to quit drinking and it's just this little flashback and it's really, really quick about her dad oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Her, his problem with drinking. And all of a sudden, just with that quick little flashback, which isn't easy to do as a filmmaker, you know, it's an easy way to say, now we'll just get her to tell a friend or we'll get, but to actually show it just brings a real quick depth to her character that then propels her throughout the entire rest of the film. I thought she was brilliant, like hard faced, but without being some sort of monster as well. That's the great thing you get about both of them. They don't think they're monsters. I think they are, but they're not 
you know what I mean? They're not evil people that are doing evil things because they're, you know, they want to do evil. Steve Carell, I'm not a big fan of Steve Carell, oddly enough, but he was brilliant in this film. He's really, really good at Donald Rumsfeld. Donald Rumsfeld, really interesting performance, really captures, and it, it does that thing that maybe, if I'm honest, Scott Glenn was better as Donald Rumsfeld in W, I thought, <laughs> but... It, uh, Donald Rumsfeld in this film needed to be a hard-nosed political uh, operator because that's what the film needed to show that side of Washington and Steve Carell does that absolutely fantastic. Sam Rockwell, it's always a pleasure to see Sam Rockwell. I like him in literally anything. If he was in a Walker's advert, I'd still think he was amazing. Um, I'll be honest, the, this W George W. Bush is not the most deepest look at George W. Bush, I don't think, but I'm not sure it needed to be and I think if the film had started going on a bit too much and making too much of Bush, I think you might have got derailed. The sacrifice is that it does look a bit like Bush gets away with it, a little bit, and is shown to just be the puppet, which I don't think is the truth, and I don't think Andrew McKay would agree with either. But I think the film needed it just to keep its momentum going and its focus on Dick Cheney, not the president. Uh, and just to very quickly, because I feel like I've talked for a while, Eddie Marson, again, yes, always a pleasure. Wolf of Wits, brilliant. I thought Alison Pill as Mary Cheney, um, uh, who comes out as gay to her parents, I thought she did a really, really interesting role. I, th- I thought she was fantastic in that. I thought she did just beautifully, to be honest. Tyler, per- Tyler Perry as Colin Powell, very good, very solid. Really gets that sense of being pushed into doing something he doesn't want to do like trying to be the dove in a room trying to be uh, the most rational and then having to do something he really disagreed with i thought he just did that fa- fantastically and jesse plemons again really good again it was interesting that he was narrator because well i know this is a spoiler it turns out the narrator for the film is the person who then ends up you know unwillingly donating their heart to dick cheney they i just thought that was a very interesting narrative trick do you know what i mean it's just new it's it's completely different so the cast in this film, I could talk about them more and more and more, but Christine Bale leads an all-star cast and they just, like, the, the cast knock it out of the park. It is just perfect, I think. The, the, there was no point when I thought, oh, they're on screen, or oh, that's not very good. 10 out of 10, I'd say, for casting characters. Okay, 10 out of 10. Gav, what, what have you got to say about that? Well, I wouldn't disagree massively with too much of what Bruce was saying. Most of the performances are very good. Most of them are very good in this film. Um, but they're just better than the film deserves. Um, but it, it's it's due to the odd tone of the film and the sledgehammer symbolism and the direction. Some of the key performances lacked as much of a punch as they definitely needed. Now, I'm not going to lie and say that Bale and Adams turned out a bad performance because they didn't. But Bale is very restrained and he, he's, he's, it's a very listless character. Um, it, it, when he plays Cheney, he carries out orders that result in countless deaths as if, if he was just simply ordering a Big Mac. Now, that, that's not to say that Cheney wasn't or isn't an emotionless monster with no moral judgment who could carry out such heinous acts with complete banality. But it's just not very interesting to watch as a performance. A lot of big words there, mate. You might, might need to simplify it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get Margot Robbie in a bath explaining it later. Um, but all of his scheming and internal thoughts are displayed via cutscenes of fishing explosions and, and other th- scenes that Alex explained before, rather than actually allowing Bale to express them himself. Now, as an audience, we went into the film knowing that Cheney is a grade A piece of shit, and the film doesn't hold back on showing that, but the character shows zero development over a period of about 50 years, restricting Bale's range and limiting him to playing a borderline pantomime villain at the end of the day. 
and when we know that he's capable of so much more. Can you be pantomime and restrained at the same time? Well, yeah, it's just like a kind of caricature, isn't it? You know, instead of, he doesn't have as much emotional reins as previous performances, say like the fighter. There's no like kind yeah, of scene where like, like he, he delivers like a staring speech or, you know, he shows any real emotion or, you know, like he gets really upset or he gets really angry or he gets really, you know, there's none of that. It's just kind of the same level throughout since he was in that bar fight right at the beginning being drunk till right at the very end you know when he's, he's getting the, the new heart he plays the same range of emotions and that's not to say that you know cheney didn't or doesn't and you know isn't that sort of like emotionally dead person but it's just it restricts his performance slightly and i think that adam mckay's choice of using these cut scenes and you know as, as you said to, to good effect a scene where you know they might show um Adi- a- amy adam sorry lim cheney's um her father beating her mother they, they show that instead of letting amy adams portray that or let, letting christian bale portray that and instead of seeing him act like he's thinking all the cogs are turning in his head and he's thinking how can i hook at george bush in here you know like what am i going to do try instead of trying to let christian bale show that he's trying to work out five steps ahead of him Adam McKay will show that instead with it, you know, like mm. the, the teetering um, teacup and saucers, which I think once again restricts the performance. It doesn't let it play out. So, Alex? Just quickly, I, I think he does both. I kind of know what you mean about the symbolism taking over from the acting. I think he does a little bit of both, so it's a mix. The other thing, that's what I quite liked about the soliloquy from the Shakespeare thing, because it makes it sound so dramatic the way they're talking. I just thought that was a joke. It had a foil to that sort of like deadpan way of doing things. And then it showed that's actually probably what the decisions are like when they're made, you know, between Lynn and Dick when they're in mm. bed and they're just sort of going, mm, I think I'll go for it. And then you have that interesting soliloquy to show this passionate way of looking at power. I think, yeah, sorry. That's, that's just fine. But um, the, the, as I was saying before about um, Lynn Cheney, I think it, Amy Adams is a very similar job. Um, we're all aware of how great an actress Amy Adams is. She's delivered some powerhouse performances in the past, but similarly to Christian Bale, she has very little to sink her teeth into here. As she said before, you know, she sounds really, really bright at the beginning where Lynn is chastising Dick for his lack of ambition and drive and kind of encouraging him to quit drinking. But as the film goes on and as Lynn becomes a more powerful figure, her screen time is more limited and her character just becomes as black and white as her husband. It's sort of like, as you said before, yeah, they are monsters, you know what I mean? They don't think they're monsters, everybody else does. But there's no sort of real depth, no emotion, no, once again, there's no, there's not a scene where she she really puts in a belt of a performance where she gets really sad or really angry or anything. You know, it's once again, it's that sort of level emotion throughout. Uh, um, I, but, you know, I'll agree with what you said before about the majority of the other performances being good. Tyler Perry playing Colin Powell, reminding audiences that he actually can act instead of just playing comedy stereotypes. Steve Carell as well. I, I love him in most things, to be honest. He gives a really decent performance. Although there are a couple of Michael Scottisms slipped in there that I, I just think, like, they, they just seemed a little bit off. Like, there's a scene where he, he walks into the room and, like, trips over a chair, and it's just like, you know... Michael Scottisms? I don't get that. Is that, that the, off- the US office? Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, the US um, office. Yeah, it's, okay. I would say it's his most famous role, yeah. essentially, and he's this bumbling, haphazard sort of guy. And you know, there's a few scenes where he was he was just like that. Mm. Yeah, there's a decision around the, um, the the in the Oval Office where somebody says, "Oh, we need to do this," and then he he kind of he goes off on one on this like comedy rant, and it's just like it just doesn't seem like the character that you're presenting at well, the moment. It doesn't seem like Rumsfeld. It must yeah, be like exactly. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the choice of the the narrator either. I just thought it was very odd. I just thought throughout once again it was just like kind of 
that was symbolism. It was like kind of, it left the audience thinking, about, oh, I wonder who the narrator is, you know, like kind of it hooked them in, the audience, you know, throughout the entire film. You're like, how, how is this person related? How is this bit? And then, you know, as soon as I saw the guy going out for his role, I was like, okay, he's going to get hit over, you know, he's going to get run over now and he's going to, um, he's, you know, he's going to be a heart. And it, to the point where as, as he was running, I kind of tapped Siobhan on the shoulder and went, brace yourself because I knew that she like doesn't like jump scares and then the car hit her, you know. And it's, so, so you scared her twice? <laughs> so it's it, did, it didn't work at all. I said, brace yourself. And she went, what? And then the car and it kind of took her away, attention away from the screen. And then the car just went, ah! <laughs> but once again, the ultimate payoff for that was, look, hey, hey, isn't Dick Cheney heartless? You know, here's his heart. We're just going to leave it to one side. You know, and it was just a little bit like, once again, sledgehammer symbolism. Um, I, I will sort of, uh, do, uh, uh, the portrayal of George W. Bush in this, just to kind of tag on to what Alex was saying, it's just very odd. Since the Trump administration, Bush has received a bit of a revisionist history, I think, from some Democrats and non-Trump supporting Republicans alike, as a sort of like a comparison to Trump, with the summation being that, you know, he wasn't that bad, was he? It's like an Arctic explorer saying, it's rubbish since I got all my toes amputated due to frostbite, but was it really that bad when they were all gangrenous and smelly? I mean, yes, the, the answer is yes, it, it was that bad. Here, Bush is painted, and I know Alex says that he isn't, but unfortunately is is some sort of like childlike figure who has little to no involvement in international affairs and decision making. Um, I'm not doubting that heavy hand that Cheney and his warmongering colleagues played on the events portrayed in this film, but to act as though Bush was some sort of peripheral figure unaware of them, it's just completely preposterous to be honest. Uh, don't get me wrong, as I said before, th- these are, are good sort of like impressions and depictions of real life figures, but as far as performances go, there's definitely something there that is lacking, which in my opinion is due to the director choosing to spell out every single scene instead of letting the cast simply perform. Okay, so Dave and Austin, what do you guys think about mainly the portrayal of the characters in the film? Um, <clears throat> I think it was brilliant, to be honest with you. I think everyone did uh, an exceptional job. I think Christian Bale as Dick Cheney, you never thought that would work on paper. But my God, it really does. I mean, the makeup department deserve a lot of credit for transforming him into Dick Cheney, but he, he he went through, he put on a lot of weight. I was just reading about it before. He put on nearly three stone to play Cheney. He apparently did um, workout exercises to thicken his neck. <laughs> That's the kind of level he went to to get the, the appearance of Cheney right. And it was, um, I think he was, he gave a fantastic performance. Like Alex said, near faultless. He's definitely a contender for the best actor award. Uh, Amy Adams, I see what Gav is saying. She wasn't really pushed to the levels that we know Amy Adams can be pushed to. She's a fantastic actress. She, she could have done with a little more to do here. But then, you know, it, it, that's the story of Lynn Cheney. You can't just make up events that happened in her life. And the supporting cast were fantastic. Tyler Perry was great. I thought Sam Rockwell was very good. Like Alex said, not the best. George Bush you'll see in cinema, but he still gives it a very good go. And yeah, I thought Steve Carell was fantastic as Rumsfeld. Again, that's something else that shouldn't really work on paper, but seeing it in the flesh, it, it came together beautifully. Wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's, uh, Christian Bale was just brilliant. He was absolutely, he was Dick Cheney, um, down to the mannerisms, everything. And actually, um, I agree with the Donald Rumsfeld bit as well. I thought, um, I, I disagree with Gav in that sense is that um, especially the young Donald Rumsfeld, uh, young Cheney relationship, that did seem to um, to sum up my, you know, my impressions of the of, of the Bush era. Um, it, it just, uh, I thought it was good. I thought, it was, uh, I thought the character, the actual acting was brilliant. And, um, and what's it, Amy Adams, like what a vile uh, lady she was portraying. Yeah. It was, it was brilliant. Yeah. 
but, but quite a sorry. It was quite, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't over the top acting. Yeah, it was quite done, a subtle yeah, vileness yeah. to yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, that's a subtle sort of thing you're doing there, Alex. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to. up in base. Sorry. Okay, so we'll move on to our closing statements, and you know I'll warn you now if if there isn't a good flourish, then it's seriously going to hurt your chances. So Gav, you can go first and give Alex a bit of time to think of something clever. Desperately through, desperately <laughs> okay, so the big short took a complicated and horrible real life event and looked at it with a comedic eye to great effect. However, the real life events in Vice are often too harrowing to be dealt with in the same manner. Every technique and tool that worked well in the big short is amplified and multiplied throughout Vice to complete fatigue. The writing isn't as clever as it thinks it is, and its delivery is almost arrogant. With one hand, Vice pats itself on the back, whilst the other hand, it points a <coughs> finger firmly at the audience as if to say, you let this happen. The performances are really good, but they're restricted by the direction and storytelling of Adam McKay, like a watermelon that's been forced to grow in a really small jar. With Vice, I was promised a powerful and impactful telling of some of the most devastating international events of our living memory, but was instead given a mishmash of condescending and try-hard highbrow waffle. It's like being sold a ticket to go and see a historic warship, but turning up to find a turd floating on the water, <laughs> surrounding, of course, by symbolic fish. Fool, <coughs> fool me, Vice. Shame on you. I'm not even going to try on the flourish. <laughs> That's a good one. That, that is that is a fantastic one. Are you ready, Alex? Uh, hang on, hang on. I'm trying to get kind of trying, trying to get that out of my head. Yeah, all right. Um, Gav, everything Gav said, some of it has been true, but it's not enough to put this not on the. It's not not enough to put it on the shit list. This film has some of the best performances these actors have ever done and possibly will ever do. So you know that enough is to really bring it up towards the hit list. It also deals with a story in an incredibly innovative, innovative way, in a way that you've never, ever seen before. It's doing, it's showing this, like, again, just the violence juxtaposed with the decisions that are made in the White House and then showing it happen. It, it shows the society and it evokes society at the time. Maybe it's a little heavy-handed, but to be honest, I don't think if they hadn't explained an awful lot of these things, we would not know about them. This film has got a really, really clear message. It informs its audience, perhaps patronises them, but also informs them of something they really, really need to know. It's fantastic and everyone should go, not just if you're interested in American politics. If you want to sort of understand the world we're living in today, Vice would help you get there. <laughs> okay, so a little bit of time to uh, kind of gather my thoughts together. I believe somebody's got a quiz. Yep. Yes, I do. I've got a quiz together. Um, I tried to do a quiz solely on, like, movie vice presidents. That was actually quite difficult to do. So this involves basically all aspects of government office in the United States. So uh, it's a quiz I like to call Better Than a Kick in the Dick Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So, okay. Uh, for this one, do you want options? Do you want me to give you A, B, C? They are quite tough questions. I don't know. No yeah. options. No, no options. options. I'll tell you right. what, I'll give you the options if no one's getting it. Okay. 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 So in the 1993 Kevin Klein comedy Dave, which was mentioned before... <laughs> In which Klein <laughs> plays both the US president and his doppelganger, who serves, uh, oh, so who serves as a double when the president's incapacitated? That's Dave. That's Dave. The question is which British actor stars as vice president Gary Nance? Yeah, I think we need the options here. Richard E. Grant. Yeah. It's not Richard E. Grant. I'll give you the options. You've got A, Michael Caine, B, Ben Kingsley, C, Charles Dance. Dance. Oh, no, Charles it's, Dance. It's, it's Ben Kingsley. Gav gets a point. It is Ben Kingsley. Olympus Has Fallen, which was released in 2013, starring Gerard Butler, Aaron Eckhart, and Morgan Freeman, 
What office is Morgan Freeman's Alan Trumbull in at the start of the film? Is he vice president, NSA director, or speaker of the house? Vice president. NSA director. Yeah, NSA director. Joel? NSA director. You're all wrong. He's speaker of the house of representatives. Followed the sheep. (laughs) (laughs) 2013 also saw a remake of Olympus Has Fallen, essentially, White House Town released. <laughs> Which actor played the Speaker of the House in this one? Uh, Eli Raffleson. Do you want options? Yes, please. Uh, Morgan Freeman. Got, it's not Morgan Freeman. You got A, James Woods, B, Richard Jenkins, C, Lance Reddick. I hope Lance Reddick. James Woods. Uh, yeah, fucking James Woods. A. That would be James Woods. Uh, no, it's Richard Jenkins. Oh, <laughs> shit. We're not doing very well on this. Uh, Gav's got a point so far. Oh, I, I wrote a little bonus question here, Gav, if you okay. want to try and go for this for your Kevin Come on, Klein Gav. one. Come on, Gav. Kevin Klein from Dave also played which real US president? Oh, um, I think I know in this one. Is it, um, uh, what's his name? The one that Robin Williams played? Um, Roosevelt. It's not Roosevelt. You're thinking of the right film, though. What, are you thinking of the one he played in Night at the Museum? Yeah. All oh, right. No. I <laughs> what I was looking for was the, the president he played in Wild Wild West. Oh, um, oh, Taft. Ulysses S. Grant. Oh, shit. That's no bonus point for Gav. No boner. <laughs> 1997's Air Force One saw Glenn Close play uh, vice president to Harrison Ford's James Marshall. What's the name of Close's character? And I can give you options. Options, Go yeah. On. A, Catherine Bennett. B, Catherine Mitchell. C, Catherine Shepard. Mitchell. Shepard. I was going to say Shepard because of the sheep you on before. I think it's Bennett. Another point for Gav, it is Catherine Bennett. Mm. Remember, remember, we did this on trial. <laughs> this, is, this has been done before. <laughs> <laughs> Which of the following actors has never portrayed a fictional president of the United States? Yeah. Donald Pleasance, William Hurt, Jonathan Price, Dennis Quaid, Frank Langella. Um, was what the was the second first one? one? Uh, Donald Pleasance, William Hurt, Jonathan Price, Dennis Quaid, Frank Langella. Jonathan Price. Dennis Quaid. No, um, the second one. Who was that? William Hurt. William Hurt. Oh, yes. Joel? Oh, I see. I'm going to go with Price so. as well. Jonathan Price. Okay, Donald Pleasance, we all know, was in Escape from Escape New York. From New York. You seemingly all seem to know Dennis Quaid was in American Dreams. Yeah, we all knew <laughs> yeah. that. William Hurt was the president in Vantage Point. Oh, what? And Jonathan Price was the president in G.I. Yeah. Joe, G.I. Rise Joe, of the yeah. Cobra. Frank Fra- Langella. Frank Langella has never played a fi- fictional president. Oh, he played a oh, real yeah, he's one. played Frost. You, yeah. oh, oh, you little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you little quiz bitch. <laughs> <laughs> right, Richard Dreyfus played Dick Cheney in Oliver Stone's W. Who was Stone's original choice to play Cheney? Well, that sounds like an option Christian to me. Bale. <laughs> <laughs> was it A, Bruce Willis, B, Robert Duvall, C, J.K. Simmons? Robert Duvall. Duvall. You guys want to go with that? Like, that's points yeah, for everybody. Be, it I is just Robert waited Duvall. until you nodded and I was going in with it, yeah. <laughs> He'd have been a good one. It would. Yeah, yeah, it would. Yeah. That would have worked. 1996 oh. saw First Kid starring Sinbad. This features a cameo from which president? Is it Gerald Ford, Donald Trump, or Bill Clinton? Probably Trump. fucking Trump. Trump. Trump, yep. The answer is Clinton. He's oh. fucking us still. Yeah. Is he playing still the saxophone? It? I don't know. It's a cameo. He plays himself. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've not seen it, obviously. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, as we know, played Nixon in the film Nixon. And Alex said that's his favourite portrayal of a president. But which other president has Anthony Hopkins played? Um, oh... I'm not giving you options for this one. You either Truman. know it or you don't. Truman. It's not Truman. Fuck. Anyone? Eisenhower. Not Eisenhower. 
Oh yeah, we're looking a bit like guys now. Oh, Ford. No, no, I no idea. You guys need to think earlier. He played John Quincy Adams in Amistad. Uh, oh shit! I was going to yeah. say that as well. Yeah, sorry guys. Badly. <laughs> in fairness, he played him badly. <laughs> My fellow Americans sees incumbent president William Haney, played by Dan Aykroyd, meet two of his predecessors, played by is it A. Donald Sutherland and Harvey Keitel, B. Jack Lemmon and James Garner, or C. James Coburn and Leslie Nielsen. Two, I mean, there were some great examples there. So you've you've come up with two really good pairings that you've probably just made up off no. the top of your head. Pretty you, much, yeah. You'd like to have seen. Yeah. One, of them, one of them was real. Les, Leslie Nielsen one, just because I wish it happened. James go, Coburn and Nielsen. I'm going to go with B. Lemon and Garner. Yeah, no, no, that sounds too powerful. I want to go with C as well. Coburn and Nielsen. I'm sticking with Joel. Joel's, Joel's on there. Lemon and Garner. That's points for Ozzy and Joel. It was yes. Jack Lemon and James oh, Garner. Suck on my lemons, bitch. <laughs> suck on my garners, bitch. <laughs> and final question. George Clooney played, played US President Devlin in which 2003 classic? Oh, shit. The Good Shepherd? No. The Bad German? I'll tell you what, I've, I've been... <laughs> I'll like be honest with you. Books. I'll come clean. I've been a bit of a quiz bitch again. It's not a classic by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, ah, there is it. The fucking Spy Kids. It is Spy Kids 3D. <laughs> yeah, I remember. You should know that. You watched it about 18 <laughs> yeah. Spy Kids 3D, isn't Damn it? Damn right it was. I think that quiz definitely goes to Gav on that one. Yeah, fair. Yeah, well done, Gav. That was a nice hard quiz, Dave. Well done. Yeah, I do my best. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, this is this is going to be an interesting one. I think you've definitely made me want to watch the film, so we'll definitely, you know, we'll we'll start off with that. But I did take a few things from from what Gav uh, from what Gav said, and it, it does sound like kind of like the aim of this film is is to kind of bastardize Dick Cheney, which obviously he's a bad guy. But you know, kind of part of me thought, do I really want to watch like an hour and a half or whatever of just basically shitting all over all the acts? He's done when I can go and view that information elsewhere. And another thing that I did think about was if they don't have all the facts, then why are they telling the, you know, the the story? Does it need to be told? It sounds as though it's got a few pacing issues, and maybe um, he's kind of turned into a bit of a cartoon villain at times. But that said, you know, everybody seemed to say the performances and the portrayals of the characters were absolutely, you know, top notch, award worthy. Um, and, you know, just kind of listening to everybody's uh, points, including Austin and Dave, as I say, it did make me want to watch the film. Um, whether I'll enjoy it or not, I don't know, but I definitely want to watch it. And I think possibly everybody should watch it. It's probably one of those films that everybody should watch, whether you're, um, you know, kind of interested in politics or not. And I think it was Gavri who said it, like, um, you know, people who are maybe... Uh, kind of unaware of, of these events and maybe, you know, don't vote in the elections. It's kind of almost, uh, you know, down to them as well. So, uh, you know, there's another point for watching the film. So it sounds like it's one of them films that you're going to watch once. But for me, I don't even know if that makes it a hit, to be honest. You know, it's, it kind of sounds like it should be on the shit list because of that. So I'm going to put it on the hit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it on the hit list. What did you just show Dave? A uh, little reference to Christian Bale heckling Gary Oldman at the uh, Screen Actors Guild Awards. And Glenn Close. Heckling Glenn and Close, Glenn, mainly. And, and the winners, too. <laughs> okay, so... Thanks, thanks Joel. So what did we genuinely think? Um, Alex? 
Uh, I pretty much agreed with everything. I agreed with a lot of what you said. I do think it's a hit film. I think it was trying a lot of innovative things. Um, it didn't work for a, lo- a lot of it. You know, like when you're doing like the war power bit in the menu. Yeah. And Alfred, Molina's, and Alfred Molina's doing it. I was just like, this is interesting. This is a bit like the big short. I don't like it though. I don't know. I, I can see what they're doing. I'm not a big fan of this bit. And for example, like that bit in the focus group at the end, I also thought was just a bit like, I, this is interesting, but I don't find it funny. It just yeah. hasn't quite worked. But they're very little things, and I think in your nitpicking, you can find those things. But generally, this film's got a very important message to to tell. It tells it as best as it can with the facts that have that it's got. I think it's got an important message, and the performances are just outstanding. So, yeah, and I pretty much agree with you. To be fair, I I did like it, but I also agreed with a lot of things that I said. The only thing that I embellished a little bit with the performances, I do think all the performances were incredible in it. Uh, but I do also think that that they were restricted slightly by the direction, not as much as I was letting on, but I would have liked to have seen more of, as I, as I said. Cheney but, wasn't bland though, do you know what I mean? Christian Bale. Honestly, it was a yeah. fantastic, every single performance in it was fantastic. Christian Bale, especially, I, I think of all the films that I've seen so far, that have been nominated for Best Actor at the Oscars. He's definitely, yeah. that, that's that's my vote. He was fantastic in it, but I would have liked to have seen more, if, if you know what I mean. So when I was talking about little bits where they threw in symbolism and scenes mm. in, to show his scheming, I would have rather have seen I, that. You know? I, I was I was thinking at one point, God damn it, another fish, really. <laughs> <laughs> at one point I was thinking, fuck me, that fucking stack of teacups. Like, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it started falling and then it went away yeah. and then it came back and it was still falling. Oh, no. It's like, oh. just, cra- yeah, okay. <laughs> like, part, part of watching it made me feel like it was around, you know, one of those like YouTube can conspiracy theory videos it's like a really long one of them yeah oh because it's all like quick little images yeah and because it was the same vibe the entire way through so i did think it was a good film i've me and dave had a little discussion earlier uh, after i knew he'd watched it and um i was unsure but then i did a little bit of reading trying to find out who which reviews i actually agreed with little bits and um i am on the side that it's a good film and i think it's well worth a watch definitely worth a watch regardless even if you Mm. don't think it's a good film but because it's a good message. But um, I think I'm on the side that it is a good film and there's quite a lot in uh, lot, a lot of symbolism which I hadn't actually picked up on because some of it is very blatant yeah. and some I, of it less so. I think it's a good film with great performances. Yes. That, that, that's some of it, but it, but it felt like it should have been a great film. Definitely mm-hmm. sounds like one of them films that you will just want watch once you know nobody's oh, yeah. gonna pre-order this on oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it again I, Dave's line, uh, Dave's I really line to it. me was um, yeah it's not the feel good film of the year <laughs> so anyway higher or lower than our previous film on trial uh, which was Bottle Rocket uh, so on IMDB that scored 7 out of 10 so is Vice higher or lower I'm gonna say lower because I think it's gonna be quite divisive so there's gonna be a whole host of um, Maybe. you know poli- politically Troll. divisive is yeah. what I mean so Troll. I think it will get bad votes I that. think because it's fresh out you yeah. know it's just come out now I think it's going to be and high. it's getting Oscar nummed so okay, I was going to say high. I'm going to say 7.2 8. 8.7 8.4 I'm going to say 6.7 uh, Congratulations to Joel, who's almost bang on the money. It's 7.1, just 0.1, mm-hmm. higher than Bottle Rocket. Wow. Much lower than I thought right. it was yeah, going to well, be. It's going to fall, isn't it? 
So Bottle it's, Rocket is going to be a, a better film in the end. So. <laughs> well, well, funny you should say that. Uh, Bottle Rocket scores higher on Metacritic, which, which as you know, is yeah. is the site that takes all of the critical reviews. 66 that got on, Bottle, um, on Metacritic, while Vice only got 61. Interesting. So very interesting. So once again, I, I put a poll up on Twitter over the weekend and asked our friends and followers which list Vice should be placed on. It's another incredibly close one uh, after our Bottle Rocket poll, but 52% of our listeners decided that it should be placed on the hit... I'm sorry, on the shit list. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Very, very close. It Interesting. was very close. Uh, whereas last week it was 52% saying on the hit list. So anyway, before we adjourn the case, it's time for a little caption contest. So what I do here is I take a screenshot of the um, film and I put it on Twitter and ask our friends and followers to provide a caption with the funniest one winning a frog-shaped chocolatey treat. Wrong Jeez, animal. That, wrong that animal. Was, that went <laughs> right in my ear holes. Very piercing. <laughs> Sorry, wrong animal. I don't want cricket chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the 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 scene basically is Christian Bale's Dick Cheney and Aidan Adams. <laughs> Christian Bale's dick. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, is, that is what it sounded like. Come on, guys. And Amy so Adams. Oh, it's that time of the night, though, isn't it? You know? It's basically the Cheneys. Two and a half cokes in. There the Cheneys both sat in a dark room looking very concerned and pensive. So you guys have just got to decide the funniest one, starting with, what do you mean we've run out of biscuits? Number hmm. two, I just realised Freddy Krueger was a victim of bullying and was killed because he knew the parents of Springwood weren't good people and he tried to tell their kids... That's a very, very sort of <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> light bulb moment, that. Um, so next one, Christian was disturbed to learn that this time the transformation was permanent. Um, next one, dear Republican Jesus, please let this be the least qualified president we ever see. <laughs> um, when you find out you're going to, oh, sorry, when you find out who's going to be leading your party in 10 years time. <laughs> uh, next on Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle's healthy lifestyles went down the toilet after the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> <laughs> next one, oh, Tony Collette wasn't nominated. Um, okay, uh, uh, next one is we're sorry, Christian. There's no more food at the buffet. <laughs> and the last one, dear God, you've made many, many poor people. I realise, of course, that it's no shame to be poor. But it's no great honour either. <laughs> <laughs> so what, 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 so what would have been so terrible if I had a small fortune? <laughs> then break into if I were a rich man from Fiddle on the Roof. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. I love that last one. <laughs> that one wins. I'll definitely give it to that, that last one. Yeah, okay. uh, musicals oh, reference. Oh, no. Congratulations <laughs> to two girls on a bench. Uh, very, very funny podcast, by the way. So check that out. But uh, you've just won yourselves a uh, Freddo. <laughs> Uh, which which is good because uh, we sent them a Freddo um, the other week and it didn't get it didn't get there when they got there it was once again it was it was an open package. What? So, what? Do they, so, can, can they just not get Freddos over there? Well, that's another one. So um, the the cinema guys. Uh, what are you well, saying? They can't get Freddos. So the postman. The postman. The postman ripping, it's ripping into rip, rips open packages is, in the hope of getting no, a Freddo. I'm, I'm paying <laughs> customs feels like charges. Yeah, paying <laughs> it's got to be a Freddo. Yeah, this. Freddos over there. No, yeah, but like to, to be honest, it just seems like hit and miss because we've had a lot of people over in America say that they've received the Freddos. They've sent yeah. us pictures. We've retweeted them. It's great. But then some of them just don't get them. It's like ripped open. The postman is so hungry. The postal service where because being so overworked over there yeah, yeah. that they're having to force open people's letters to eat the contents. And that's all because of Dick Cheney and, <laughs> and the Bush administration. They must have to eat the contents of people's letters. They must be delighted when they get ours and it's actually something edible yeah. for a change. <laughs> on the flip side, though, actually what we've been doing is the costs have been spiraling out of control of the films on trial podcast. 
So now we just send empty packets. An empty packet. <laughs> with a <laughs> hole at the bottom. I'll go, oh, all bad. <laughs> Must have been those postal workers. <laughs> so we can afford the postage, but not the chocolate. <laughs> so uh, just before we call it a day, I just wanted to give a shout out to one of our podcasting friends. Uh, this one's called Invasion of the Remake. It's a really, really fun podcast in which three friends, um, Jason, Sam and Trish, compare films, mainly originals and remakes, obviously. Or in the case of the haunting episode that I uh, listened to the other week, um, two remakes of an original every episode is always really informative and the dissection of every aspect of both films is really fascinating they go into some really really good details so 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 is that an episode that was particularly scary or an episode about the haunting it was an episode about the haunting so the the, the 1999 film (laughs) the haunting and they also did the original haunting of hill house i was just being pedantic sorry (laughs) (laughs) i loved it (laughs) Uh, it's really good though um so check them out on itunes uh, and follow them on twitter as well at invasion remake very very good anyway um our next film on trial has once again been picked out of the hat at random and it is man on fire which is a Tony Scott-directed revenge thriller and not a biopic of Richard Pryor. Uh, oh, oh, Jesus. What wow. the <laughs> fuck, man? What? <laughs> Listen, if Bill Murray can make wow. fun of it in the film Scrooge, I think I'm all right, you it's know. It's Bill Murray. You're not Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> Putting yourself on that same pedestal. <laughs> I know Richard Pryor survived, but I don't think we should joke about that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's not making jokes about jizzing in your pants this week. Yeah, so. I suppose it's a step up, I guess. <laughs> so a sideways step, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Step down. Step somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and that was suggested to us by my good friend Graham. So similarly to the film, all of the roles have been picked out at random. So in the role of defense, it's me. In the role of prosecution, it is Ozzy. In the roles of character witnesses are Joel and Dave, which means the role of the judge is Alex. So I think you've already convinced me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to everybody who has listened to this episode. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family. Light the warning beacons of Gondor to alert the villagers. Just spread the warm... Now you know what I was on about before. Now I know why you asked me what those beacons were called, yeah. <laughs> now just spread the warm love of films on trial. And remember to follow us all on Twitter, at Film Trials, where you can recommend films to us to put on trial follow our fantastic graphic artist winston sang at the underscore quakes and check out our website filmsontrial.co.uk and follow us on all social media films on trial so we will be in your ear next week with man on fire and vice is officially a hit film goodbye (laughs) 